Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. I have with me another very special guest, hailing from Japan at the current moment, but is originally from the British Isles. Uh, his name is Sam Stoker. How are you, Sam? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, fine. It's、uh, very exciting to be speaking with you. I like to yeah, talk to you. people who are artists.、Uh, you're welcome.、Uh, I like to know how artists think because, you know, I study art and I'm an art teacher by a trade and also an English teacher. And、uh, I would like to know more about art and contemporary art, shall we say, because、uh, mm. I was.、Uh, If you, if we can call it a kind of elitist, we say. And I only like the old type of、uh, the old masters, what we shall say. Okay. But I、uh, grown you, out. You mean of, like Europe? Do you mean the European masters, or? Yes, essentially, you know, Raphael, then Michelangelo, Caravaggio.、Um, Even even the kind of impressionist like、uh, Monet, but、uh, a lot of other、uh, kind of postmodernists also like.、Um, but can you tell me a little bit about yourself before we start talking about art? Okay.、Uh, yeah. Well, I, I'm. Yeah. As, as you mentioned, I'm from Britain. I'm from near London.、Uh, I, I was.、Uh, Yeah, I stayed in London till I was around twenty years old, and then I, and then I,、uh, I moved just slightly out of London to an area called Reading, where I did my undergraduate,、uh, which was I think I think it was it, it's quite it was quite a good course at the time, but the, it、uh, had lots of kind of teachers there that were kind of interested in kind of kind of expanding painting,、uh, and I think that really had a strong influence on me.、Uh, there was like an artist, the head at the time was an artist called Peter Buckley. Who、uh, he he was not he I think he was very he was kind of big at one time and and、uh, he he's actually mentioned in like Jasper Johns like、uh, notes、nice. a book about Jasper Johns、wow. mentioned in that so、uh, and he was definitely kind of this thing about you know making like not just just using paint to make paintings essentially and、uh, there was a, yeah there was a few other people、uh, I guess. I, I, there was a guy. I, I'm not sure if I'm saying his name's right, but he was from Israel. His name was Amakan Torin,、uh, and he was he was. At, I don't think he actually come from a art studying background, but he、uh, he he hadn't studied art, but he was making this kind of quite conceptual art that was kind of involved around painting as well.、Mm-hmm. But he was、uh, specifically good in、uh, understanding something about what you was doing beyond what you did, which was、uh, really good. Can you?、Uh... Um, can you elaborate? What's the name again of the Israeli artist? Amakim Toran. Amakim. Toran. Well, I've never heard of that kind of name. Amakim.、Uh, uh, trying to. I'm not sure. I think this. I'm not sure if I'm spelling it right actually now, but I can. I think that's wrong. Sorry. Let me try. Oh, 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 oh! No. Yeah, yeah. The pronunciation, the I makam, I kam, toren, toren. I I spelled, I did spell it a bit wrong. 
But uh, let me let me come back to kind of do that again. Yeah. Oh, oh. no, no. It's Amikam Torin, which means yeah, okay. my my people rise. Torin, huh. Torin uh, is a kind of a flagpole <laughs> in <Okay>. Hebrew. <laughs> yeah. So my people no, rise as a, as a flag torn, a flag a pole. <laughs> Yeah, he he was really a great teacher. He was really, uh, really, really knowledgeable and really seemed to, be, when you were speaking to him about your work, it, he always did seem to know what you was talking about and, and and be able to give you a really good kind of help with what you was thinking about. Like, uh, but yeah, I, I guess so. So he was a really inspirational teacher when I was studying first. But uh, then I, after, I, yeah, I kind of got quite a bit lucky and wanted to, painting competition in uh, Amsterdam just as I graduated from my undergraduate so initially when I graduated I went to Amsterdam just for a few months and tried to like I had an exhibition and kind of did an art residency and then uh, I kind of I don't, I don't know what it was but maybe burnout I kind of uh, left and went to stay in France for a while and I was just studying French and, and then eventually moved back to London and, and I guess London. I was working in a, like the Tate Gallery in London, which is quite good. Yes, like, yes. just down in in the bookshop. But I think that because I was living in London, is quite expensive, and the salary was quite low, so it was kind of quite difficult to get into my practice at that time. And then I had the chance to move to Scotland to do some community art teaching. And in a way, I think at that point in time, the community art teaching um, it just kind of it had this real. You know what like working with people being inspired by young people like kind of gave my artwork more energy again so in, in a way like working i was working with lots of different age groups but i think especially at that time working with young kind of elementary school children was actually uh quite exciting because they was all what there was always full of energy and i think perhaps had i not done that i may not have continued to kind of make my own artwork i think i would have focused probably on the teaching or something um but it was yeah, that from that point onwards, uh, yeah, I was involved in quite some, some quite big kind of community art projects with uh, like the National Theatre of Scotland and other companies. Um, but uh, that kind of helped me to kind of, you know, keep making my artwork. Um, I only I think I've only made one or two projects during that time that I was like really proud of. Um, but it kind of helped me to. It was kind of through being in Scotland that I ended up being interested in Japan somehow again. And then I uh, was I kind of did a residency in Japan and then that kind of uh, led me to try to apply for a scholarship in Japan to study uh, on a master's degree. And, and, and I, I was quite, well, I tried to get it at least twice. And the second time, I, which was just after the kind of big earthquake here, I applied for it, um, I got, yeah, I got I got the scholarship and I was able to come to Japan and uh, it was very I guess it was a really interesting experience it's difficult to say that it was always good because life's just not like that is it so uh, you know it's, it can't yes. things normalize so um, it was quite a at times it was quite difficult but it was a good experience and during like I guess it was a six-year period I had the scholarship before I was able to uh, make a lot of work um, yeah, I was, and I kind of, 
I, although I come from a painting background at that time, I was making kind of performances and video work and uh, installation work. And uh, it was kind of you know, it's an interesting time for me to do that. I wouldn't say again, again, I, I, I kind of made quite a deliberate thing of when being 34 at the time when I came to Japan, I think it was interesting. I had lots of ideas and I, and I couldn't really differentiate between the good and the bad. So I just started to do everything that come to mind, which of course doing that has some quite embarrassing moments as well as some positive moments. But I think it, it kind of helped me to kind of, I guess, uh, clear, clear some of the rubbish out of the way uh, and kind of focus more in on my kind of, uh, you know, my other work. But then when I when I finished, I, I guess architecture is something that's always been running through my work from the kind of start. Uh, when I say the start, I mean from when I was about 18 years old. Uh, and then I kind of tried to get into working with an architectural firm, but it didn't really work out. And then I and then I was fortunate to get a teaching job. So in, in a way, it's I mean, like in the last uh, kind of two and a half years really it's been that this kind of teaching job has helped me to kind of you know stabilize things and also just kind of start considering my artwork again although I, I think at the moment I'm, I'm making stuff and it's more to do with like uh, thinking about what I'm making and not necessarily to do with conceptual things it's more just kind of formal things I think um, which I, I think ultimately at some point I want to change that but if I don't because you when you're I guess if you're teaching, you know that when you start teaching at first, it's quite difficult. You get uh, quite flustered by the amount, the volume of teaching you need to do. So to find the time to really do the research I want and so on has been difficult. But um, I, I still think that making is important to keep your kind of hand in making stuff, even if it's not necessarily really deep conceptually or something. Uh, and But yeah, but ultimately at some point I wanted to kind of develop again a bit more conceptually but uh, at the moment I'm more in a phase of yeah an ongoing phase of drawing painting drawing painting sometimes it's digital painting but um, yeah and I'm, I, I guess at the moment I'm working on quite a big uh, it's, it's like a what, 180 centimeter kind of square or, uh, do, you, do you use centimeters in Israel or yes yes yeah yeah the metric yeah, system yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So it's 180 meters square, which is, uh, I guess, it's the it's the same size as a tatami mat, uh, which is, or two tatami mats, which in Japan is the kind of flooring system yes. that they use. Yes. They often use it for actually building the size, uh, or the, a room. If you if you go to find a see a room in an apartment, they will say it's like three or four point five or mm, six tatami yeah. mats or something like that. And I, I quite it's kind of it's a, it's around the I quite like it because it, it's quite uh, an easy relationship, but, but body size to like how your body fits on the mat when you're like laying down, it's kind of 180 centimeters and so on. It's, or sitting down and it's half a tatami mat. Uh, and I quite like those kind of relationships. Uh, so I kind of stuck with that when I was doing, uh, when I started making these bigger paintings. Mm. But I guess also I have been making some collaborations with the students at work recently. Uh, which is which I think is it's been enjoyable. I think I, I want again. I want to make more of that in the future. But it's it's just kind of starting. Uh, starting is important. Getting momentum is important to me. So um, yeah. But I, I've been yeah I've been here in Japan for like nine years now. So mm. 
which has been interesting. It's been interesting. And we, yeah, we just had the Olympics, which <laughs> I'm not uh, so interested in, but it's been quite, it seems to be quite fun for some people. Yeah, yeah, we got um, a kind of medal, the golden medal for Israel for gymnastics, or I don't know what's the, what's the actual term, maybe the artistic uh, gymnastics, I don't okay. know. Yeah, yeah. Something like this. Is it this. on the map? Yeah, yeah. Is it on the map? It's yeah, on the map, like yeah. Yeah, um, I think I think it's called artistic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know if it's a, the proper name of it. I don't remember, but it, it doesn't matter. Um, it's also a kind of an art, um, yeah. which is a kind of a maybe, well, I don't want to get into it because uh, there is no kind of theory to, you know, to prove that that kind of art came from that culture. When I say that yeah. culture, I mean the Mycenaean, shall we say, culture. But but it's plausible, you know, that the ancient Mycenaean culture invented that kind of sport and yeah. also other kinds of uh, very gruesome uh, types of sports. <laughs> Definitely. Um, so I want to know uh, have you always wanted to become an artist? But since I was a child, mm. or well, I, I think that I've I've always had uh, like my grandfather and my and my mum. They used to like painting. They weren't. I wouldn't say they were artists, but they used to like painting. So I was kind of painting often as well. Uh, I guess in 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 school, for instance, I wasn't doing so well in school, but. Uh, in any area apart from art but i didn't i didn't really think that i was uh i was even interested in being an, like trying to be a professional artist until i was about 17 uh which I, I went to college and it was uh after yeah doing quite badly at school actually I, I kind of went to college and i found that uh from almost from that point onwards i was doing well and like having these different projects and uh, I guess that yeah we have to, we had to research different ideas and uh, it was although there was quite a lot of you know uh, instruction for kind of methods and stuff we, we, we did get the opportunity quite soon to start making our own work uh, and once and I guess yeah because that that college is quite close to London and the art scene in London is is, is pretty good so, uh, so you can, yeah, I was able to get into London and see quite lots of lots of galleries and lots of different artists, contemporary artists as well, not just uh, well a mixture of contemporary artists and kind of traditional work, which was obviously necessary. Um, and I think I think at that time there was quite a push as well in like the British kind of culture to work for artists, like it was kind of it was I think it was called Cool Britain or something like that, uh, which is a kind of a catchphrase but it was definitely that government at the time was supporting art quite quite well uh, I think it's changed quite a lot now but that, at that time it was there was def a definite energy for yeah creating work so or creating artwork yeah you had all that kind of uh, maybe maybe the punk rock scene was uh, fading a little bit but uh, you had yeah, the so it was like, I guess we had in the 1980s, it was the post-punk movement, but then 
the beginning of the 90s, there was a group of artists called the YBAs, uh, the Young British Artists, which involved mm-hmm. people like Damien Hurst and Tra- yeah. Tracy Emmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, on and that, and that was I was after them but uh, they were having they'd kind of progressed from having kind of small exhibitions uh, set up by themselves and having really big exhibitions at the time that I studied so uh, they were I guess they were the I, I wouldn't say in particular there was any of those artists that really inspired me at that time but uh, I was more interested in kind of other probably more established European artists like Anselm Kiefer, I'm not, yes. I'm not sure if you know. Yes, I know. Yeah. I know him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I think my earliest, yeah, my my, I guess my first project that I did was heavily, kind of influenced by him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I think he kind of is one of those figures that, uh, even though I don't follow him all the time, he kind of keeps on interesting me. I guess he's just such a. Yeah, he also a, has those kinds of giant plates that he does. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he also has that uh, that kind of farmland uh, that he's. Uh, it's not farm. I think it's farmland in Barjac, in uh, in France. It's like his studio, and it's almost like a a whole village of his artwork, where in mm. kind of factories and on the land. So it's, it's very. I mean, I, he made lots of money from selling huge paintings <laughs> at the early in the nineteen eighties, I think. So it's kind of you, he's he's used his money back into his art, and you can see that he's got quite a lot of money. But, uh, but yeah, he was really inspirational at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what was the kind of first artwork, painting, sculpture that you saw? that really kind of influenced you or kind of informed you about the nature of art? Wow. Uh, I think I, I can't say that it was definitely one. Uh, I, th- I think that it was, I mean, if I, if I think about it now, the first one was probably Mark Rothko because mm. uh, uh, he had the room at the Tate Gallery and it was one of those things where uh, like if if you see Mark Rothko's work in a book, it's not particularly stunning or something. It's too small really to appreciate. But when you see it, and you're like they have these they're what is known as the Seagram murals in London. Uh, it's like a, the Mark Rothko room, and it's just this particular type of a kind of red and dark painting, almost like an installation. Uh, and I, I remember going to see that. Um, and that, and on the like when I was going to see it, I was completely switched off to it. Uh, but then, kind of going into the room, spending some time with the work, it, it had a very different, a very different effect. Uh, yeah, I can't quite. I can't remember. It's difficult to say whether it was an emotional effect at that time. But I I, met, I have had. I've been there several times, uh, and since that first time, uh, and yeah found the experience maybe different each time I go to see it. Um, but also uh, there was, a, I remember there was a Paul Cezanne exhibition at the same time and I hadn't heard of Cezanne even at that time. So that was like a retrospective of his work. So there was, you know, to see, I guess, uh, Cezanne's painting and Mark Rothko's painting. And I think they were almost next door to each other as well. They're kind of different, uh, in my memory anyway, it might be wrong, but uh, that was a real, that was a real, a really good yeah. like strong. that that will be cool to like uh, to try to conjoin them together to one room yeah to have one that is Cezanne Cezanne 
Rothko Cezanne Rothko kind of yeah you know to do a kind of um, I, I don't know a kind of a, um, a kind of like the Pantheon has all those kinds of windows you know in Rome as on uh, yes. the ceiling so it will look like that maybe it's uneven yes. uh, kind of windows um, so <clears throat> so when did you first create your first artwork for for real shall we say yeah well can i can i show you something can i show you yes of course yeah I, I, I think that um let me try and do this i have to make the screen a bit bigger uh sorry for doing this oops it's gone to the opposite end mm. i can't and i can't change the picture so sorry, it's going to go flashing through for a second. I don't know why it stopped right at the end. Uh, sorry for this. Yeah, like the Ludovico method in Clockwork Orange. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it stopped again. <laughs> it's going to do it again, I know. Nice, did it again. Uh, how do I do it? Sorry for this, Just, I'm doing it twice. Oh, so I guess, I guess if anyone wants to see my artwork, they can just slow it down for a minute. Yes. And then I'll try to slow down enough as it gets towards. Yeah, here. So I guess this this is when I I think this was around nineteen ninety seven, and I and I think I don't know if it's obvious, but I would guess I guess I was looking at Jackson Pollock and uh, some of uh, Anselm Kiefer's paintings. Actually, the image is much more pixelated than I remembered, but so mm -hmm. sorry for that. Um, but it was basically, uh, I guess. I guess it was like one of the things I think we, I found I struggled with. Uh, once uh, the teachers had stopped giving me kind of briefs to work with, was what to make artwork about. Mm. And uh, I, I kind of it was it was I guess it was unfortunate for, in a way, my grandfather died around that time, and I was really close to him like growing up. So I kind of ended up going. Uh, into the empty house and using like I, I guess inspired by like Anselm Kiefer's kind of going around and collecting kind of uh, you know using materials that are kind of relevant to his subject matter mm. so I was using in my grandfather's house uh, materials that are relevant to him and his life like it, or even things like the free newspapers that at that time kept on coming through the door I think it's not it doesn't happen quite as much now mm. but that time I used to get lots of local free newspapers coming through the door so there was piles of newspaper uh, uh, there was lots of kind of materials even using dust and stuff that was building up in the house when it was empty and kind of using the kind of you know the uh, the arrangements of his uh, the sorry the the architectural size of his house this was kind of the actual a door frame and a window and the door frame was the actual size of the door frame so it was quite a big painting i can't remember the exact size wow. actually yeah um, but also i was using kind of some silk screen prints of images of him you i think you can see one in the top left hand corner just mm. and then whenever it's got that kind of square it's like a, a kind of silk screen print of him uh but I'd so yeah one of the things I did was this painting uh another thing which I think was the more the most emotive thing was to kind of make a kind of model of him uh I'd been cutting his grass at the time uh, before but when he was like ill and then I kind of made used his clothes and the grass cuttings to make this figure 
uh, which in, in in the top photograph, you, what I did, there's, there's quite a lot of photographs. I kind of made a book of it uh, where I was just placing the figure around the house in places I remembered him being. And then eventually I kind of cremated it in the back yeah. garden. They burned uh, which, an effigy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I terrified the neighbours. They really didn't like it. No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. You're, yeah. But, it was good that yeah. you weren't in America for for yeah. example because <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but no it was i think it was kind of just i guess because it was one of those projects which had a lot of meaning to me but I, I think that the meaning was very very personalized you know it was it wasn't it was very difficult to kind of and i kind of and this is retrospectively of course but i couldn't really relate it i think it's difficult for other people to relate it to it other than it being like a story about my grandfather dying and then they can mm. recognize that but a lot of the symbolism is very personal uh so it's difficult i think it would be difficult for other people to read the meanings that i read probably my family could read some of the meanings but not necessarily other people so i guess uh it, to some extent it was the biggest the first body of artwork that i made and i can i kind of continued it with different works over the kind of i guess the following year or so uh, but this i think was the strongest work out of that um but yeah I, I guess in a way this didn't really have a title either it just kind of was an ongoing kind of project uh using different things and, and it, I eventually i guess i ran out of objects and then i had to find something else to make artwork about yeah. but um but it was yeah i guess that's the that was for me that was just the kind of main starting point of making things that had some meaning to me or me find, or me feeling like i was able to make artwork yeah so um yeah if you want to stop uh, sharing if you don't want it that's fine yeah. um so you you've mentioned that you wanted to get into the fields of architecture when you yes. wanted to become an architect so when did the, that kind of first thought uh, spark in your head well i think it was that actually in that first painting that i showed you there where i was kind of using architecture as mm. as having meaning because you know i, I guess uh yeah, going into the my grandfather's kind of empty house the, the you know the, i guess not uh, in a way architecture had, had never had such a profound meaning on me at that time it's you know you have we have different experiences but uh from that point on i think i was always looking at architecture as a, almost like a starting point um i can't remember what is the next um one second i just want to check something uh yeah i i, I guess i'm gonna sorry i need to come back to the screen but uh i can show you that the next the next artwork was uh, this was when I was at my graduation, uh, and I, I was kind of using, rather than using personal references, I was using kind of our uh, objects and the size of uh, things I was finding or buying from the local community mm. where I was studying. So it was kind of window sizes combined together with uh, kind of bed sheets that I bought from uh, kind of charity shops and stuff. Uh, it was actually a, a, a bit, I don't have any other images at the moment, but it was a much bigger installation. And it was uh, stuffed with a different material or was it empty? No, it, it was empty. Yeah, it was kind of, I, I, I kind of painted it uh, so it was kind of laid on the floor. 
and I painted it with uh, resin so it kind of held the shape yeah so it's kind of solid so it looked a bit like it's caught in the wind or something like that yeah, uh, yeah but yeah. it was uh it was more but it was definitely I was definitely thinking architecture even if it wasn't necessarily completely looking like architecture it was on an architectural scale uh, and, and that was um yeah that was a definite again I, I guess it, there's no way of you know when you're graduating from your undergraduate course most people work on a kind of significant project anyway don't they for them at least so that was kind of uh at this point i was definitely interested in architecture i i didn't really imagine that i would go into architecture at any point but um that kind of ended up happening more recently than, than then but that that was like I think I think I was actually looking as well because I was I'd studied some graphic design as well, so I was certainly looking at way at, at things, the way things laid out in space or and aligned together, uh, and uh, they are working with grids. Uh, even if even though this grid was actually a kind of uh, I guess an informal grid, it wasn't like a, a, a standardized grid. It wasn't it, uh, it, but there was a grid structure to this installation, and it was based around this kind of hundred and eighty. No, it, this wasn't 180. Sorry, I'm saying that, but it's not. It was well before I was interested in Japan. It was just, I think it's just a similar scale. Mm. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, the architecture. Yeah. So where was it exhibited, shown? Uh, so this was exhibited in uh, the University of Reading, but then it was also exhibited in gallery mm. in East London. Uh, what, what gallery was that? Um, I can't remember the name of the gallery, but it was in Myland in East London, uh, and it was kind of it was related to an exhibition that was related to the university, but it was shown in two places. Mm -hmm. I think that when it was shown at the uh, when it was shown at the university, I had a whole room to myself, and I and I, and I was able to uh, really uh, organize the space exactly as I wanted, even uh, kind of restricting the access into the room, mm -hmm. so people had to kind of bow down uh, not not bow down uh, kneel down almost to wow. get into the room yeah. too much <laughs> kneel down to yeah. get into the room almost so it was, like it was a church of, yeah well yeah no i didn't want it to it was some people said it had a spiritual feeling but i didn't want people to bow down that was a bad choice of words <laughs> it, wasn't a, it wasn't a freudian slip i didn't want that it was just yeah, uh, yeah people had to, but it was just yeah so it was almost like a secret some a secret place uh, but also, if I in restricting the doorways, it meant that uh, there was quite a dramatic change of scale once you entered the room, because yeah. when you went when, when you, uh, this kind of sculpture basically covered the doorway, so you didn't really have a sense of the size of the room. But as you entered, it kind of opened out behind the sculpture. It was quite a big room. Yeah, yeah. So it was like playing with space in that way, and and, yeah. and I guess involving uh, involving the space into the yeah into and, the structure yeah, of the incorporating artwork. Well, yeah the physical yeah. space into that yeah, yeah yeah i can stop that yeah yeah uh, um yes yeah i can you want to if you want to see more i can actually show yeah i, I can because i can it, i've not gone for everything that i've ever done no, I just wanted to to talk about architecture a little bit with you. Yeah, yeah. Let's carry on with this then, because it's it just makes sense yeah. to show this as well. Yes. Uh, actually, this is that's exactly um, why what I wanted you to show. Actually, yeah, what <laughs> okay. I had in mind. Yeah. Okay, okay, good. Uh, 
so yeah this one uh, I was actually I this is the second project that I did uh, I, I did two residences in Japan when I lived in Scotland and actually the first one was more related to uh, finding local materials but this one was kind of kind of I don't I don't really know if the the concept was very strong but I was basically taking the scale of a, a Glasgow a typical Glasgow Glaswegian or Scottish apartment known as a tenement uh, apartment and um, making a kind of representation of that in uh, Japan using just only Japanese materials so in a way uh, I was able to collect because you know the bamboo gr grows not everywhere but in places just like grass you know it's kind of it's not uh, it's a very it's a kind of very solid material to work with but it, it uh, it, it can grow quite freely in different places. You don't you don't get it everywhere, but when you do get it, there's usually quite a lot of it. Uh, but there was a garden, a kind of local kind of farmer's garden to this, <coughs> sorry, this this park, and I was able to kind of collect. I think it was up to about 150 different uh, bits of bamboo without that affecting his garden at all. Um, he had he still had lots of bamboo, but I basically made like drew the floor plan to the apartment on the floor. And then kind of stuck the bamboo at intervals around. Uh, so, to some extent, what I want I wanted it to have, you know, when you're looking at it this way, it kind of. I don't think I've got the other picture, but it kind of looks like uh, just almost like a bamboo forest or something. Yeah. Uh, it, but when you step inside of it, it clearly like the space is clearly defined, and yeah. uh, it kind of. It was a comment I got by one of the local, kind of art people. Uh, she, she said it was like when you're inside even though you can see out of it you feel like you're inside because the space is kind of so defined by the bamboo and that was kind of what I wanted this kind of I guess a slightly ephemeral effect of kind of being inside whilst being outside um, and that was I think that was the main thing I wanted was uh, there, I, I, I do have a bit of a tendency or especially at that time to kind of have some personal reasons for starting a project but I, I think that more and more as, a, as I'm, uh, I, yeah, I don't really need to go into every one of them. It does, it's not that interesting. So, <laughs> uh, uh, but I think, I think if it starts with a personal thing, there's a way of kind of, you know, you take it beyond yourself. You don't just necessarily, I didn't want to stick with this like completely personal symbolism. So instead of you like using, although I used a, a Glasgow tenement flat, what I was using that had some relevance to me, it still had a kind of, that actual style of apartment has a social historic relevance to the city so you know it was kind of the starting point with me but I wanted to move it away from being just about my my experience or something and, and then to kind of put it into a more shared experience with other people yeah yeah uh, I also saw the kind of a James answer kind of masks that uh, for a brief second the masks or yes was it on this PowerPoint presentation or was it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You... maybe it was on the, oh, I know what's happened here. Sorry, one second. I might have to stop the share for a second. Uh... Yeah, okay. Do you mean this one? Yes. Okay, I can try and click on that. That this is mostly about my community art project, so mm -hmm. oh, it's taking a little while to load up. 
but yeah, I, it wasn't, I kind of did a lot of different things. Some of it was kind of mural painting. Some of it was sculpture. Some of it was filmmaking, but these masks, for instance, uh, they ended up being like, actually, I was interested in Japan at the time, but they ended up being the children's version of crash, crash, crash test dummy masks. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, cause we, ah, yeah, we yeah. Had, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I see the kind of uh, marks. Yeah, uh, the crash test marks logos. Because um, yeah, so we, we did a, the project that we did ended up being held. It was like a kind of lo uh, a local kind of community project, but it ended up being held in a uh, in a like a mechanics kind of building, mm -hmm. and and they were engaging young children in kind of just kind of trying to train them basically. If they would shoot like people basically that weren't going to school, they could go and kind of learn how to fix cars. Uh, so we ended up uh, using uh, we did we worked in several schools in the area, but then uh, we brought all of the artwork to this kind of mechanics uh, place and and did this kind of uh, live performance. I think there was yeah there was other things we made, include kind of short films and so on. Mm. But it was kind of yeah yeah. Yeah, that was it was i i think again i guess conceptually i'm not sure about the project but working with that like i think we worked with nearly 200 children or something and that was a lot of fun and adults as well uh there's mario as well but there's uh yeah again there's not here i've not got all the projects that i work on it's kind of impossible to do to show all of them in a way uh but some of them yeah, I, I guess they all wait with these projects. Most of them, for instance, this one uh, was about cleaning your teeth. You can see it says keeping them nice and, and the visit and like the children were making their own kind of uh, kind of models. And uh, I, we built a kind of uh, a very small kind of theater set to take the photographs. Uh, but it was a lot of the community projects I did were based, were definitely had a theme or someone that was funding the project wanted a certain type of project. And for this one, it was the local kind of health service trying to promote the children to brush their teeth more regularly. So <laughs> some of the, some of them maybe not so, uh, wouldn't say experimental, but still try to approach them from an experimental way as much as possible. Yes. I'll stop that sharing then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you also teach art. Uh, we yeah. all we mentioned it, or you mentioned it, um, and I think, um, what do you think, of, do you get inspired by some of your your students' kind of projects when you ask them and you see the final projects? Do you try to steal uh, something from them or? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think it's not stealing something from them but certainly being inspired not stealing yeah course. certainly some inspiration yeah i don't think i would ever steal anything in particular they did but sort of if you see some students working in a certain way it does give you yeah it can give you some inspiration to kind of doing stuff i don't i, I think I, I think that that's part of the you know it's, i i think i mentioned to you before that when i work start working with the elementary school ch uh, children it was really inspirational and it probably kept me in making artwork but when I'm working with more I guess more adult students there 
it's I think the ones that are ambitious, the ones that are really involved or engaged in what they're doing, are the ones that are inspiring. You know, when that when you can't when you're yourself was uh, working quite kind of, you know full time and you're struggling for hours to find time to do things, and then there's somebody that you know the students have a quite busy schedule as well, and then and you can see that they've been there overnight or something in the art room making their artwork. That can be quite inspirational, I think, uh, to see when they really take something on. Um, I, so I, I do. I, I always have found that is inspirational, and, and I work. I, I work. I've got like a full time job, but I, a teaching job, but I also uh, teach in another area part time. Where the, the the kind of even though it's part time, the students there are kind of a mix between like high school leavers to to PhD. People that want to do a PhD in a foreign country, it's quite it's, it's quite a range of different kind of uh, people, and that, and I think because they 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 have been quite inspirational at times. But again, it's it's more it's more an energy thing, I think, than actually uh, you know it's, I, I should take I feel like I should I should apply that kind of energy to something that I'm doing if I want to get take it somewhere. I I don't feel that if I you know some like. I've recently been working on a painting and it's been it's taken me because I've had little time to work on it, it it's taken me months and months but uh, I keep on think I keep on feeling you know I need to keep on doing more and I feel I feel like I need to sh uh, you know be in the studio more doing the work uh, and force myself to do it because you know some, sometimes on a if you finish work kind of you just you just don't feel like kind of doing more work uh, but but when you yeah. see the students doing it and press pushing their own ideas yeah i, I guess that um I, it definitely is when somebody is involved and engaged in their project when they're really when it really looks like they're investigating an idea at that time it's it's going to be really inspiring and, it, and i think and I, I think you it's not like a matter of stealing it's i've not for me i i, I it's just looking at the the way that they're working the, the volume of output that they have and, and thinking because uh, really their projects don't really have anything to do with the interests that I have that kind of they're working in their own things that they're, they're mostly you know 20 years younger than me so they are definitely interested in different things for me but uh, it is that engagement uh, watching them be engaged that it's inspiring mm. I think I, I haven't really I've been quite lucky actually I haven't really seen in my in my life people like a, a, a professor stealing the students ideas i've seen it i've seen it in, like in, in artwork there's uh, there's like a few kind of famous cases where people have blatantly stolen their students work but uh, yeah i haven't really seen i haven't come into contact with that fortunately yeah 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 not, not steal yeah me okay have i stolen yeah. something no, yeah no, i've no, stolen no. a lot of things but i when I steal, I try to steal not from the students. I try to steal from the kind of old masters or from people yeah. or contemporary artists who are inspirational to me. And I like their form and I want to copy mm. that form. And then I want to, you know, produce it in my own style. So yeah, I'm not yeah. stealing. <laughs> it doesn't oh, fall I, under I the category of stealing shall we say or plagiarism yeah i agree it's not it's not there is it's not stealing and it's not copying it's it's kind of using the information yes. that's out there to find your own ground because it's like you know i said 
you know we, we do share a kind of common even if we speak different languages there's a common visual language uh, that applies I, yes. I think it does a change across cultures but uh, and there is uh, kind of linking things across cultures as well but you do uh, when I said I, I like to find uh, I, I often find something like start with a personal starting point but then I, you, in order to kind of make yes. connections you need to see what other people are doing with uh, and find those artists that are maybe working in interesting in a similar field for instance uh, I mentioned I showed the project about grief like uh, if I didn't look at uh, other artists that were kind of working at, and using the artistic process as some kind of cathartic or you know gr yes. uh, grieving thing I wouldn't have had I would I, I would probably I don't, I'm not sure what I would have done but uh, I, I did you do you, you do need I think you do need to find your interest and then to explore that in in and how other people have explored it in order to make something kind of more um, I guess it it just makes it it's still you it's it's and it engages with them and it's not I don't think it's stealing uh, it, there's some yeah, cases when it really, really 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 looks like stealing but yes, <laughs> yes think, there are, there it, are. <laughs> it's a bit mean but I think it means if it looks like stealing it just means someone hasn't really worked hard enough so uh, yes or but then there's some I think there's sometimes as well like you mentioned Caravaggio like I would I. I I would love to be able to paint in that in that way. Uh, if I we had all paint, would, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's one of those things. But the effect of, if you wanted to have a certain effect, if you wanted to communicate a certain period of time, you know, yes. a certain type of chiaroscuro or whatever, uh, it it would be, you know, to use that artist as like uh, you can. Uh, what's I forgotten the word? Uh, appropriate that artist for that purpose. I think that's <laughs> yes. of, of course. I've seen some people do that very well. Yes. At times, not necessarily Caravaggio, but other techniques. Yeah. Well, look, there are kind of artists like uh, Diego Velasquez who can paint a picture in 45 minutes and say, I'm done, I'm done. Yeah. And there are people like Caravaggio who will take like eight months to do it one painting at least because yeah. he's lazy. So, so you know, there lazy and also kind of a you know it doesn't want to to work uh specifically it doesn't see himself as an artist right? he saw himself yeah, yeah. that you know as a kind of a free spirit uh which is a, an understatement <laughs> um but he was a great uh, character and he happened to be one of the greatest artists that ever lived by chance i don't think that he wanted to to be an artist, I think he wanted to be free from the manacles, shall we say, that ground him yeah. into this earth and the manacles of the Catholic Church. Um, but now this gets to the kind of meat of the conversation when we talk about art as a universal language and art yeah. as a tool. But I want yes. to get into the kind of supernatural kind of elements of art. You know, that yes. some artworks seem to be a work of magic, you know? Okay. Um, what is the kind of a transformational properties that art has and what is the function of art in society, in humanity? What is the function of art? I, I guess, I mean, uh, if we're teaching, thinking about it to different cultures, it obviously 
in the past it, it was until i guess it's until almost renaissance it was usually based or related to something uh, uh, religious or spiritual to people's mm. lives but it was yes. like the visual or symbolic the visual uh, part of that wasn't it the, uh, so in that point in time uh it was yeah there's definitely a it's, it can't really say that there's definitely a physical, uh, definitely a spiritual connection because there's often the spiritual connection is uh, to that community specifically, and other people that are not from that community kind of struggle to yes. see the symbolism, you know, so or or even appreciate the symbolism. Uh, but I think in terms of kind of things like contemporary art, I guess it's this uh, the spiritual for me is in the, you know, when something is moving to you. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily it can be in a number of different ways and i think it's not just through painting it's it can be for all kind of forms of art like uh, performance music whatever mm -hmm. uh, music is 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 often more directly uh, emotionally affecting isn't it but um but it it does but well, i think that that you know I, I think that period of time when you spend looking at art for a period of time and it really gets into you you, you know you kind of walk away from it um well you can't walk away from it easily it kind of keeps with you it keeps in your mind keeps in your body uh, it's, I, I, I can think of some experiences i've had with that um but it's usually installation work that kind of gets me like that. There are some paintings, as I mentioned, Caravaggio that I had that feeling with, and Mark Rothko, where the painting kind of lasts with me. But when there's a lot of installation work that can really kind of creep up on you and uh, in different ways, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily it's always spiritual, but I guess you know there's a there's an artist uh, called Mike Nelson, and he's a British artist. He uh, when I was a long while ago, he was much more influential to me than he is now. But he used to make these environments uh, within the gallery space, which looked like the real world, like you know, like real, the real, a real environment within the gallery space. So you'd you'd kind of go into the gallery, and then you'd enter a room, and it'd be like an office, and you wasn't sure if it was an office in the gallery or an office in the. And it would, and then, and in the next room, there'd be like a, a, a nightclub or something like that, and it would wow. be this cool. this constant game with changing rooms like like a labyrinth yeah, yeah like it. That, yeah no uh, that experience was definitely a, a, a moving experience so like a, uh, and it was not it wasn't like fun land you know it wasn't like the, yes, the going yes, to the circus yes. or something it was much more powerful than that and but he would uh also even though he was creating whole rooms he, I, I, i've heard him talk a few times about his work and he would spay uh place special attention to the details of those spaces so maybe that there's lots of things going on unnoticed that would also affect you you know just the presence of them in the room uh, you wouldn't necessarily have to see all of them uh, for it to be so powerful but uh, it, it was definitely those kind of experiences and I, I guess if what does you know what if you say what does art provide in our society I think I think it often provides an experience that's outside of the um, the normal structures of things. You know, like if 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 you uh, if you go to see a musical, for instance, the musicals often have a very specific structure. You know, there's all like you know certain yes. members of the family. Like a story, yeah. 
yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know you need to have the certain characteristics but i think art has a place for expression outside of uh, those certain characteristics um i don't i wouldn't say everybody does this successfully uh, but i think that when it's done really well it's 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 not it's not because it fits not only, yeah it doesn't have to fit inside these kind of certain criteria in order to qualify as being yeah, yeah. art so it, it's kind of uh it and i think it's good to have a, a space that it, it is a lot we're allowed to do that as, uh, both as artists but also allowed to see that as as, as audience you know um because yeah if yes. I, I, otherwise everything is too too packed up neatly and uh, we need yeah. <laughs> a space yeah. for things to be to, to, to fall apart yes. a little bit i guess yes we need a, a kind of a wacky races shall we say that exists yeah, on, yeah. A, on a different plane yeah yes yeah 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 some, some, somebody i know uh or i don't i've met him before but uh he was i'm not sure i don't know if he wants to be quoted as saying it but he's uh <laughs> A, a kind of had a kind of critique and art teacher maybe philosopher but his name's Jan Ververt he's a German uh, kind of Jan Ververt yeah yeah but he, he said yeah but he he said that uh, he his description of a certain like the kind of the best example of an artist that's fully engaged in their practice fully engaged in their you know, idea development, challenging themselves all the time, uh, and and trying to break new ground was uh, Jim Henson. I don't who I don't know if you know remember Jim Henson. He was uh, the Muppets, the guy that made the Muppets. Or ah uh, yeah 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 yeah. I, I so, remember yeah. now that name yeah. Yeah, so he was uh, and he made all these different films with different characters, different. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> different songs even you know he was really involved and even like little things you know like tv programs that were specifically gay, uh aimed at children uh, uh tv shows specifically aimed at adults things that are kind of uh involving children and adults kind of humor all the time yeah, like yeah. intertwined but yeah he, he said that was a, a really good example of an artist fully exploring and investigating their kind of field so and he he would uh Jan Pervert said that, that he called it muppetness uh, which is muppetness. kind of not really a word yeah, yeah. but he said sounds like uh, a emotional condition or something like it yes. <laughs> like mopiness or muppetness yeah yeah it does no but i think that that idea that uh art can be anything it's not it's not everything but, uh, it can be made from anything but it usually mm, means that yeah. the person involved in making it has fully explored something and i think that yes. that's i really i really like that idea uh and i think that one if you think about art like that then a lot more you a lot more people's artwork becomes more uh acceptable as art if you get what i mean you can get like even even someone i don't know if you know piero manzoni who made the the, the can of artist uh, shit <laughs> he made these own you know into a can and like if, if you look at an artist like him yes. he was fully exploring this kind of almost radical uh non-art idea and 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 he's always enjoying himself yes. he's like most of the photographs of him he, i think he died quite young but he's always yeah. enjoying this 
kind of playfulness and I think even that would fall into the idea of Muppetness somehow because obviously Jim Henson is mostly I think maybe not throughout his whole life but there's quite a lot of joy in Jim Henson's uh, work and I think that that even if somebody's making quite miserable work you can see that there's some joy in what they're doing through the how how well they engage with what they've done yeah a guy wow. like that uh, sorry or just how far they've gone with an idea you know it's yeah. not just something they did at the last minute for just to get the, the grade in or something like that it's something they're really working on constantly they can't really leave alone yes another guy like that is Walt Disney Yes, yeah, I'd, I agree with that, yeah. Yeah, his yeah. Uh, company almost uh, went under uh, several times, but uh, he convinced his brother to invest more money, more funding into the company, uh, tried to convince him that the next one will be the big, uh, big uh, money bringer, shall we say. Uh, but, and he certainly made it. Shall we say? Yeah, also, yeah. Ma Mary Poppins, uh, subsequently, <laughs> was uh, one of the kind of uh, major factors in uh, the fact that Walt Disney even exists to to till this day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's I think I think it is actually. I mean, even you can see people like Jim Henson or. Uh, or Walt Disney, they're very commercial in a way, but it, it, they, they, I think the way that they approach things, the kind of environment in which they, you know, they they entered and explored things, it, it should be inspirational in a way. You know, it, I'm, I, I, I quite like, like I, I'm, at times I'm, I think I'm, I tend to follow things that are quite serious, quite serious subject matters, but if I don't look at things like Walt Disney or Jim Henson, then I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm really, it's really difficult for me and I don't want to do that so. yeah. yeah um I have one uh, final question which okay. is uh I think I think it's a maybe a kind of a deep philosophical question I like to think of myself as a deep and philosophical <laughs> um, but what is the kind of role of the artist in society? What the, what does an artist try to achieve? Is there a kind of a, do do we want to elevate human consciousness to the, its highest potential, or mm. <clears throat> sorry, do we want to? express ourselves with no kind of boundaries and no with no rules but just to express ourselves in different kinds of medium is there a higher purpose to art or or the artist's role or is it a selfish endeavor shall we say i th i think uh, i because i think that people who make art require different things from what they're doing uh and i think that you know there there is art that's very meaningful to like large portions of the community or large portions of yeah around the world whatever there's, there's very rarely one artist that has meaning to all cultures yes. it, it does happen but 
but I think within a culture, maybe even with you know this, this socially engaged practice and so so on that's happening, often that can be. Often, often that can really it can be involved with a community and, and really have meaning for that community, but not necessarily have meaning outside of it. But I think that affecting small numbers of people is actually quite is important as well because mm. that has a kind of knock on effect. Um, I don't so I, I think that. I, I, and I think as well, even if an artist is making kind of, you know, something very personal, they may just affect one or two people. They may just, you know, it might just be a kind of very, a very localized effect they have on people, but that meaning is still kind of important. And I, and I, I think I'll, I go back to that thing. Uh, I don't know about ideally the role of artist. And I wouldn't like to say there's a complete ideal because there's so many different variations on what an artist can be. If, if, if we If we think about it as, just creative people, uh, you know. There's there's commercial end. There's like musical end. Uh, and when music is and commercial is often is all also split into very different categories. But for instance, some music is just there for you to dance to. Some music is just there for you to listen to. But the actual the act of dancing is quite effective. You know, it's it's a if you go dancing at the weekend and you're dancing all night, uh, it gives you a good feeling for the rest of the week. That's definitely something that's important to the community. You know, it's kind of people re re uh, releasing some energy. But I do also think that art, because art is it tend I wouldn't say it's always because you know uh, video games and uh, films are quite often quite high paced. But uh, art does often give people a kind of contemplative moment, a moment to kind of sit down, think, and stay with something for a while. And I think that that's a, a problem we have in societies. Everything, everything is just so quick. You know, it's it's only like uh, we the idea of rate of uh, the rate which we're kind of fed images or fed information now is probably quicker than ever before. Um, but it's we do need moments where we're not rushing, I think, and I, I think that the, for for the artists maybe let's let's say for me, okay, let's say for for me the act of making is is often quite uh, it's actually at the moment it's quite slow. As I said, I'm drawing, I've been painting the same painting for a few months now, and that's quite rare for me. I'm us I'm usually working quicker than that, but doing that is giving me a space that I can com continually enter into. And I think that works for the audience on the other side. Um, if you've, like for instance, if you have a painting at home that you particularly like, you can enter into it and contemplate it for periods of time. And I think that has that that kind of providing, maybe maybe providing non-specific moments of contemplate contemplation is is an is an important thing. You know, that's a bit of a complicated. Bit. Yeah, I like it's, that specific moments of uh, contemplation or intermediate maybe kind of moments or cycles um i think you know a lot of artists that i talk uh, to they say i don't i don't care about catharsis uh, my art is not intended to heal anybody's soul uh, the purpose of my art is my self-expression is uh, a kind of a visual or plastic uh, diary, not with ink, but with, a, you know, paint and uh, any other kind of material. Um, so 
do you think that your art is more on the kind of personal plane of existence of self-expression or just wanting to to penetrate the human consciousness with deep, different modes of uh, existence with your art well I, I think that i'm using it like i said i do have i have i have a few projects though like my I, you know i showed the grandfather passing one which is quite really quite personal and i, th I think mm. as, as i said i do have those those starting points but where i'm trying to push uh, where i have I have this idea i'm thinking about this subject how this subject relates to me but then i i do want to find out how is it experienced in the rest in the other in the rest of the world as well because there is an audience that i'm ultimately want to engage with and i think that if you're engaging with um if you're if it's just about me it's it's very difficult it's not impossible but it's, it makes it a bit more difficult for people mm. to engage with it yes. there's some people that are very good at doing that that uh, i wouldn't say it's completely impossible some people are very good at making personal work and engaging with people in certain ways but usually they are choosing things that that make connections very quickly with people or, or make strong connections with people yes. and I, i think that i'm 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 wanting to make connections with people by by using uh, end up using symbolism that relates to uh actually uh, yeah it usually relates to different stories and things within the community but i'm all, i'm all, i'm always trying to play a kind of play maybe not the right word but yeah it's, it's kind of like a game of where something that we see in the normal world looks like something but it isn't that you know it, it looks like it could be an abandoned building but it isn't abandoned building so yeah but, so what, what <laughs> yes. i'm always kind of so it, it still i'm always trying to get people to think about something but it's not it's it's there is this Uh, yeah, so I, I quite like the idea of abstraction. I, I'm, I'm interested in abstraction, but I quite like. But I, I always found that when I have something quite specific that I'm building, even though I will have research to that point, when I make something with a specific reference, people tend to relate to it a lot better than when it's just uh, there's no, you know, I just kind of completely yes. disguise it. When people, yes. when I completely disguise it, I've often uh, I, I've done it a few times where the, the references were completely disguised. And it was very difficult for people to relate to, and I, I and I think it's much more when people can get can get some sense of what's happening. Uh, it's much, I, I I get more pleasure out of it because I, I feel I'm making connections. So I guess that yeah, it's not I even if I'm working from a personal thing, because the personal things you know we all have personal things, and often they are, you know, the things the the significant events of our life are often. Sim, not sim, not necessarily happen in a similar way, but the, the outcome is often similar. Or the, the yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like yes. yeah, but it's, yeah, but it's like um, so it's yeah, you're connecting things, and I, I think you can. I, I think there's a journey, there's a longer journey in trying to connect with people, f and finding a place to con make links with people than there is in just keeping it to your uh, in your own symbolism. Yeah. because essentially your own symbolism isn't really your own symbolism <laughs> so it's kind of, yeah it's it's kind of something that you've learned and uh mm. has been 
yeah, there's some things that seem like yeah. they're completely yours. Yeah, it comes maybe. back to the Ludovico kind of method <laughs> of learning. Yeah. 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 Well, that's essentially what the kind of formal education system is trying to pump those kinds yeah, of people it, like Alex from Clockwork, Clockwork Orange. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. But I, th I think that they do. Yeah. The, the system wants to pump that. Do you, do you believe it or not? I believe they want everybody to undergo what Alex has uh, undergone from the Ludovico yeah. method, which is a great reference to uh, Michelangelo, because one of the yeah. one of, of his names, of his long kind of uh, series of names, <laughs> and one of the those names are Ludovico, which is the name of his father. Yeah. Yeah. Or. <clears throat> And it's simply a brilliant kind of work of art, uh, Clockwork Orange, because it centers yeah. around the idea that a metaphor can be as wild and as free in a kind of dystopian world that, you know, the Dionysian can be modernized. You know, there will be a mode of uh, Dionysian, shall we say, in this uh, modern kind of era. And it is very wild and free, you know, the, the kind of chariot, the, the kind of a, I don't know, what is a Corvette or no, a the DeLorean, DeLorean, the, the DeLorean okay, car from the, from the movie, at least, the Clockwork Orange. It's like, it's like the chariot of Dionysus carried away with, by uh, tigers or cheetahs or whatever. It's the kind of, you know, uh, unrestrained uh, kind of metaphor, the metaphor that takes shape into life, yeah. the kind of, you know, the, what an artist should, should strive to, to be without losing his last kind of uh, um, grains of, uh, in, of sanity, shall we say, the grains of sanity. So sands, yeah. the grains. <laughs> in his mind <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, yeah so what do you think is a kind of a healthy uh, empowering engulfing all encompassing uh, all those kinds of tag words uh metaphor for art that uh that real that reality should mimic <laughs> that reality should mimic yes I guess that it should, it should be that, you know, a lot, lots of people are approaching the world at the moment, uh, in black and white, like as, as in this, this is right, this is wrong kind of thinking. And I, I think that art really gives you a space, uh, in terms of, certainly in terms of making, and I think in terms of viewing for other, so other interpretations or for, you know, you, what you do isn't necessarily right. It is just something. And I, I think that that, if you can keep it, it allows an open mindedness, you know, uh, or it allows for an open minded interpretation yes. and open minded thinking in the creation. So, if there's anything, I think that if there's one thing, especially at this time, that we could help with, uh, art, art could help people with, is to be more open minded sometimes uh, and to allow, you know, because there's a lot of cutting off 
at the moment if if someone yeah. says something yeah. they are right and that's it you know and and i think that that's and even and even there's a lot of things especially in for instance the british press that if somebody is speaking about something some kind of social issue they're somehow wrong they shouldn't speak about it you know it, it's kind of uh it's a bit i think there should be more open-mindedness more discussion and and hopefully you know like the way in art school people talk we present something we talk about it and if it's a sensible kind of situation there's no argument necessarily or this debate but it is an argument you know it's not it's not angry argument it's uh, or fighting argument it's actual argumentation yes. you know uh, if you dig if you dig just just under the surface like yeah. chaos will ensue immediately yeah yeah yes yeah. I, I think it will <laughs> I also think that maybe if people, well, it it it's inv it involves some idea of critical thinking, I guess, and that people should be encouraged towards critical thinking more, and not just accepting the first thing that comes is said to them. And I think that art is essentially, if you're going through it, you shouldn't be just focusing only on that first thing that comes to you. Mm. And I say that. But some people are very good at doing at doing that and exploring that first thing that comes to them. There are some artists that really explore beyond their own vocabulary, and they do it very well. But uh, maybe there's already open meaning. They're more advanced stage already than some others, you know. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, this has been a great, truly great conversation, and I hope to talk with you again if you're willing. Yes. Yes, of course. Yeah. Thank you very much for Thank uh, spending so much, time. Sam. Thank you. Yeah, that has been, this has been Sam Stoker and in a conversation in FOF, this the Scribe podcast. And I want to thank you everybody for watching. Bye bye. Thank you very much. Thank you.